You're listening to episode 31 of Fearless Rebel Radio. I have a question for you. Are you a control freak, type A personality, always feeling like you're overwhelmed and have to control situations? Then you are not going to want to miss this episode. I talked to Luis Androlia all about the art of surrendering. This is one of the most important practices that you can learn, and she is a genius at explaining it. And we talk about so much more great stuff. This episode is magic. Before we get started, I want to remind you to head to summerinanin.com or you can just type summerthenutritionist.com and it'll direct you there to grab your free book my ebook 10 rules to break right now to ditch dieting and love your body plus you'll get access to my free 10-day body confidence makeover also just some big news i'm going to be running another group cycle of the 21 step body image remix Yes, embrace your body and unleash the fierce, confident woman within. I'm going to be running a group cycle of it starting Wednesday, May 27th. So head to bodyimageremix.com to sign up and uh, you'll start on May 27th with a whole bunch of other women plus all the other women that are already in the group, um, they'll get access to do it over with you. So it's an amazing experience to do it with the group. Um, You can always do it on your own too, but the group is always a little bit more powerful. So that's it. Let's get started with the show. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not-so-PG-rated rants, and interviews with Fearless Rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. I am really excited about today's guest. I found her online when I was researching and and trying to um, create a collection of articles on uh, relinquishing control and surrendering. And as soon as I came across her website, I knew that I immediately had to have her as a guest on the show. Today's guest is Louise and Androlia. Louise is a holistic empowerment coach, artist, tarot reader, and general magic maker. She works with clients one-on-one in groups and through writing and believes in empowerment through self-awareness and self-knowledge. At age three, her parents found her casting spells in the back seat of the car and growing up, she She was, and forever will be, enraptured by magic and miracles. She is on a constant quest to get you reconnected and loves teaching people how to feel their feelings. Welcome to the show, Louise. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very excited to have you here. So your bio is so cool. <laughs> I actually just, that was me reading it for the first time and I was like, wow, that is, that is uh, that's really awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your story. So with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Okay, so um, 
yeah, like like you were kind of saying, like I, as it stands, um, actually probably the best thing to say about me is I always refer to myself as having octopus hands. Like I've always <laughs> been someone that likes to do lots of different things. Like I, I've never kind of felt like I'd be satisfied just focusing on one thing. Like, um, and I think it's because at heart, I'm you know, I'm an artist. So I always like to, you know, work in different ways. And it's interesting how that's kind of now translated when I'm working in the wellness field, because my history of work was that I used to be a fashion designer. So that kind of, you know, was much more of an artistic endeavor itself. But to get to, you know, where I'm at now and kind of my real passion for, um, working with clients, um, whether it's through writing or one-on-one or, -on -one or groups, as I said, is that I, I'm kind of very, I've always been, and, and since I was little as well, really steadfastly independent. Like you've never been able to tell me what to do or like I've never succumbed to peer pressure. <laughs> like it's always been like, okay, you know, what, what can I do and how can I, you know, do something really independently? And I've realized that's my favorite thing with working with clients is that, you know, I don't want anyone to do anything other than learn how to really connect to their own body because what I've learned is that, um, and kind of how I see, I suppose you're, you all have your same method in, in a sense. It's kind of the way that we see people and their challenges and, and kind of almost like how we're put together. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was think of us in a state of kind of disconnected or connected. And to me, when we're really connected, it means that we're just kind of aligned with our, our mind and our body and our spirit and kind of what those mean to us. And it's like being embodied, right? Because I feel like if you're really kind of in yourself, then you can, can really cope with anything that's happening. And so my personal story is that I was um, chronically ill in my early 20s with fibromyalgia, which you've probably heard of, a chronic pain condition. Mm -hmm. um, followed by that, um, I had a, a, a quite serious post-traumatic stress. And, and it was this kind of five years where I was quite unwell physically and mentally. And I really, you know, when I look back at now, it's like I really experienced that, you know, what it feels like to be really disconnected from yourself, you know, to be overwhelmed by your own fears so that you're, you know, you're not just, you're not connected to the mind. And then body-wise, you know, being being in so much pain that, you know, you don't really want to be in your body, you know, uh, what it feels like to kind of hate what's happening with your physical body. And, you know, I know that we also experience that when we're having, you know, body issues and we're kind of looking at ourselves as this external thing. Um, so, but what, you know, when I look back and I'm like, okay, I really disconnected from myself there and then there and, you know, through my own healing process for me it was it was choosing kind of natural healing methods and some great therapists and things I I basically learned how to note when I'm kind of out of myself and how to get back in mm -hmm. so that's what I call this kind of process of connection that was kind of a really quick way of saying it <laughs> um, but uh you know and then you know it was that thing where I'd kind of you know I was 26 and I'd you know, I'd had all these really, you know, intense and uh, overwhelming experiences. And I just kind of wanted just to be a normal human being. So I returned back to what I'd originally been working on, which was, you know, being a painter and an artist, that was kind of what I wanted to do. But I, I, you know, ended up getting myself into, into fashion design and had my own business, um, lingerie design for about five years. But then it was a, a sudden calling about five years ago, which was to, uh, get on with doing my work and, and helping people because I'd, you know, I'd managed to really embody all my experiences. And I, and I'd got to that point as well, where I knew my story was really important and valid. And I, you know, wasn't angry anymore. And it, it was the point where I was able to be like, okay, this is what I've learned. And now um, it's my responsibility to help people.
That's amazing. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a little quick way of saying it, but you know, I still, I still like to, I just know that I need to work in a way that feels good to me. So, which is why I like to, you know, uh, represent the kind of things I'm working with through different ways that, that make me feel good. Cause I know that's kind of how my clients need me as well, basically being me. Yeah. As much yeah. as you sort of said that you're, we're either sort of connected or disconnected to our body. I think it's the same yeah. with our business. We're either like in, in, you know, kind of in alignment with what we feel our purpose is or we're out of alignment. So doing all those things is probably you know, in alignment with kind of where you need to be and helps you feel more connected. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's where I kind of bring in that idea of the connection to the spirit, because I think of our kind of spirit as, um, you know, or, or the, you know, the word spiritual to me, it really means honoring your spirit. So kind of doing things that really light you up, you know, whether it's painting or it's your exercise or it's watching movies or, you know, whatever it is, that's kind of that that lighting up of the self. So when you put it in your career sense, you know, I just know, and I'm sure you know as well, that if I do something that I'm not, you know, if I try and do something that I'm not really enthusiastic about, it's not going to work anyway. And I think it's so easy in, in different, you know, all sorts of different careers, but like, it's very easy to be kind of overwhelmed by what you think you should be doing and, and, or trying to fit yourself into a box or, you know, like I'm a, you know, I'm a life coach. Do I have to be like that life coach over there or, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas what I'm kind of, you know, very aware of now is if I drag myself even an inch away from me, I just feel terrible. And then I don't want to do my work anyway. That is so, so uh, true. That is so true. Yeah. As a, you know, as an entrepreneur, I can fully yeah. relate to that as well. And I think, you know, it's, it's, why I became an entrepreneur was because I, yeah. I, I just, I, I felt so uncomfortable, like working for other people in the places that I had been. I mean, not, they were amazing people. I had amazing, yeah. amazing managers in my, in my old corporate job and whatnot, but I just always felt like something was out of alignment. And I think you nailed it when you said, you know, lighting up of your spirit. And I think that, um, you know, just finding my voice and, and communicating that and really figuring out who I love to help and how I love to help them was, um, created that sense of, of, uh, of alignment and lighting up of my spirit. So that's, yeah, it, and it's yeah it works for me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can, you know, and it's good because you can actually tap into that daily, you know, or, or even just when you're, you know, working with a certain project, you know, or, or, you know, if you're having a meeting with someone, like if you don't feel that kind of you know sense of being alive then it's a good indicator that it might not be the the best thing for you you know but you can but I like to that's why I like to shift things I'm like oh if I'm working in a certain way or you know doing like I used to do massage therapy but then you know I got to a point where I was like do you know what this isn't my favorite way to to work with people and so I just stopped doing it and I was like that's the freedom that you get when you're you know creating your own uh, you know own own pathway in a sense that's really cool. And I, I want to come back to some of that. But I, I, you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, that we're either kind of connected or disconnected. And I know that was one of the things when we first kind of just chatted off, off the record or yeah. offline, we were chatting about this because um, I feel like that's such an important uh, thing in terms of the, you know, the work that I do as it relates yes. to body image is that, you know, what, what I'm trying, you know, what I, when I say like, you know, I love your body or self love, it's really just about becoming connected. Like it's about yeah. no longer seeing your body as like the separate entity that controls your happiness and controls your destiny and, and your life. And so, you know, how can someone identify whether they're connected or disconnected? And 
Um, you know, maybe you can talk about that as it relates to kind of your personal experience or what you do with clients. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of ways, you know, one way is that we can really tell a lot by our own dialogue, whether it's kind of internal or external, because um, especially with body, um, you know, body connection. And I think we probably, I feel like the first time we kind of experience a disconnect from our body is, you know, probably somewhere in our teenage years. It's quite common, you know, at a point when we start looking at our body and we think, oh, is it supposed to look like that? Or, you know, we compare it to a friend or on a TV or something like that. And it's any point where you can kind of note that you're looking at yourself externally, um, which of course is kind of a hard thing because obviously we look in the mirror and that's seeing uh, an image of us. But it's like when you... uh, it's kind of like, you know, say, you know, on a simple level, if we're calling ourselves fat, right, we're kind of, we've kind of jumped out of the body in a, in a kind of energetic sense. And we're looking at ourselves and saying there's something wrong with us, right? We're kind of disconnected because we stepped away from our feelings and we're into a space that's kind of attacking or, you know, labeling actually is a really good one. So for instance, you know, we often say, I am this thing, you know, like we're, we're like, I am, whereas actually, if you if you feel something, you always stay in the body. It's it's always something that I um think is a, is actually a quick way to locate how your connection is because um, that as a as a language is we're often using things like should. I always think should is like the human kind of danger word in a sense. I love that you said that. That is one yeah. of the words that I tell my clients to eliminate. I feel like it's the most yeah. disempowering statement that you can make. Well, yeah. Like, and I it's should me, be doing this. Yeah, exactly. Basically, I mean, and, and should, right? Should is not connected because it, if you're in a, if you're like, I should do this, it's like you've hopped out of your body you know if you just imagine yourself as kind of being in your skin in a sense I say it's like wearing your hands as gloves like you're there and you're present and you're kind of showing up for the moment if you're thinking in should then it's usually to do with it's either to do with someone else you know like I should be a lawyer because my dad would like it you know like it's external to you right or you're often you're working with a version of yourself that hasn't even existed yet because you've jumped you know, into the future and you're like, I should do this because that might happen if, you know, it's it's basically disembodied. That's how I would say. So I was like, you can always tell, like, second you start bringing a should in there, it's like, oh, I'm not I'm not at home, <laughs> you know, like because and, and the way you can get back, you know, in a quick way, that is is, you know, the the key to getting back to your kind of body connection is you working with your feelings and I suppose on a bigger level especially now you know how you when you're working with clients and we're looking at meal plans and different ways of exercising and we're looking at different ways the body you know how your body feels you know whether you're well or ill you know there's so many ways that we can disconnect at that point because we start seeing what other people are doing like oh they're following the paleo diet and it works for them or or I've read this thing in a book or I've seen this on tv and it's like all these great things right are actually you know they're really helpful but nothing really you know we can't really take anything on with success unless we go back to our body first you know how we actually feel because mm-hmm. otherwise it's then just kind of piling on like stickers or something and, and and we're like why isn't that working but it's like if you've forgotten you know to check in with what you feel like when you eat something then you then also immediately aren't connected to whether you feel good having done a certain different thing if that makes sense yeah I think so I think you know kind of what you're saying is that I mean it's almost like developing a bit of your you know kind of your intuition your gut sense but just tuning into kind of like what your 
what you're actually feeling. And I think, um, I guess I see that manifesting in, in a few different ways. One is in, like, as you said, the, the labeling. So, you know, when we kind of cr criticize ourselves, really what that is is just a way for us to kind of um, uh, deflect emotional discomfort. Like, instead of feeling yes. emotional discomfort, we label ourselves as something. So whether it's like, I'm gross, I'm fat, I, you know, my thighs are, dis you know, too jiggly, yeah. whatever that is, horrid things that we say to ourselves um, is it's that we're not feeling the feelings. And so that's that disconnection. And then I think, you know, as it relates to, you know, food, it, it's, you know, it, it doesn't allow you to figure out, you know, what works for you. It's basically yeah. like saying somebody else knows my body best. I'm going to follow what they say in, instead of like saying, like really tuning in and feeling, you know, whether it's hunger or fullness or whatever cravings you want. And, and allowing yourself to just have what your body needs because you you trust it. So I think it's almost like that disconnection yeah. is a lack of trust as well. Yeah, definitely. Because it's also, you know, it, it's especially, yeah, with things like, you know, food. It, it's like knowing when, because we all have our different habits, right? You know, it's like some of us will reach for food when we feel out of control or, you know, and it's it's all emotionally connected as well. So it's like if we're not stopping to feel you know, whether it's feeling a feeling, you know, and that's why I always talk about helping people learn to feel feelings, you know, actually just being able to stop and be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm feeling anxious right now. You know, actually having that moment of connecting to the body then enables you to actually tune into what you need rather than just reaching for some sort of self-punishment or, you know, trying to get your control back in a negative way. You know, it's actually being able to stop and, and be like, oh, OK, connect to the body first. Then you know what you need, you know, and, and, and of course, that is a trust exercise that, you know, we, we do need to build up. But it's... um. It, for me, it comes in kind of what I was saying about myself, like being really, uh, I call it positive selfishness. So I call it that, but like being like, you know, really, really kind of dedicating ourselves to getting to know us and what our body needs and how it feels. And, um, you know, being unapologetic about that, like knowing that that's, you know, that's where your kind of empowerment comes from is this sense of self-awareness. And, you know, for me, because I had, you know, physical illness, that that gave me that you know that was a very a gift to me because I kind of had no real choice but to really connect to the body mm -hmm. because it was you know shouting at me in in so many ways you know but it but you know I still I could have I could have distanced myself from it even more you know I could have stepped out and I feel if I had have done I would have probably been sick for longer um but you know now I I, I sometimes laugh because I'm like well I'm now so connected to my body that I have no choice you know like if something you know if I'm doing something it doesn't work for me or I'm eating something that doesn't work for me it's just you know it's like this kind of alarm bell it's like uh what are you doing because you're you, you feel really ill now and I'm like oh okay but also at the same point you know I've reached a level of you know, um, love for my body, I guess, and I don't want to punish it. So, you know, I, I, I know that I've kind of reached a place where I can get better at recognizing if I'm, you know, going to pull out a tool that's self-deprecating or something and, and be able to actually stop and be like, do you know, this is a choice I can make here. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you feel have like certain things that trigger that disconnection for you? Like, a, you know, do you, do you, are you able to sort of be aware of it and know like, okay, this might trigger that or this, you know, yeah. or when it happens, are you able to kind of say like, okay, this is happening because of 
these incidences? Yeah, I mean, definitely for me, I um, two things. One, I think it's really common if I feel out of control. And I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as a control freak because I'm actually, you know, the surrender practice for me is my favorite thing to teach and it's how I kind of live. But if things are changing, you know, because people, humans naturally get controlling when things are shifting because we're basically trying to find solid ground. So it's like if something's happening in your job or with your partner or, you know, you've moved house or something, you feel ungrounded. So you're like, how can I, you know, grab something to keep myself still? And that's usually when we start controlling something. And often, you know, we can try and control things to do with our body because it's kind of the, almost the easiest thing to go to. Yes. So I recognize, you know, for me in the past, um, you know, when I felt out of control, I would easily just kind of binge eat. You know, I would just kind of like be in the cupboards and like just, and I think, again, it's kind of a form of grounding. It's like fill, trying to fill yourself up with something. Comfort, to feel, to feel to that feel, safety. Yeah, to feel rooted, whereas obviously it doesn't help. So now you know, I, I now know when I feel out of control and I can actually be like, oh, okay. You know, I recognize that my kind of fears or the, the kind of lower negative part of myself wants to try and kind of, you know, control something. But I know that the thing that is the remedy in this situation is self-care. So it's actually the love instead. And, and, you know, if I stuff myself full of like potato chips that I know flare my autoimmune disease, (laughs) that's not going to, you know, I'm good at playing it out as well, you know, like being able to go, okay, yeah, that's that. I know the consequence of that and how I'll feel. And I'd, you know, for me, my, you know, I like to kind of live on this idea of moving forward based on feeling good, you know, so I, I kind of check in with everything. Does it feel good? Will it feel good? You know, because it's all about, you know, that that's my kind of, you know, I don't believe in really having goals because I think they can be restrictive, but I'm like, okay, feeling good. That's something to, to live by. So that's how I um, also, I suppose the other, the other thing, you know, for me was that sometimes, I yeah, I still get it a little bit now, but I think, you know, especially if you're anyone that's got any kind of um, physical condition, you have to deal with a lot of anger towards your body, mm. you know. Um, so, you know, times when there's a part of me that kind of just wants to be normal, you know, or like wishes that I didn't have something to manage or wants to kind of, you know, eat stuff that I know that I can't eat, you know, things like that. Uh, it's like if any of those kind of angry feelings come back in again it's it's um it's learning to empower them you know I realized this year that I'd um I you know I keep a certain diet because I've got an autoimmune disease but I realized that I'd spent a lot of time trying to explain it to people almost apologize for it you know like yes someone's like oh why do you not eat that and I would I would go off into this long story of like the past you know 15 years like why I did it and then I was like why am I you know I was like I'm trying to explain it to am I trying to make someone else feel better or or is you know what what's this coming from and then I was like well why do I choose to follow this diet and I was like well because I want to feel good and I care about my body so I was like okay I need to replace that old story so that when someone asks I'm I'm just simply going oh, because, you know, I look after my body because I want to feel good, you know? And I was like, that's also not something anyone can argue with. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing how long it took to come to that, you know, because I kind of felt like I had to be like, oh, yeah, because of this, you know, I can't eat pizza because this, 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 you know, like, and it was all about me just trying, you know, feeling like I wasn't normal, I guess. Right. And, and, um, and then I was like, well, you know, the empowered, you know,
know, version of it is actually recognizing, oh, but I'm choosing that, you know, and, and that's really cool, you know, to actually make that choice to want to really get to know your body, listen to it, and then actually kind of actively be like, oh, yeah, this feels good for me, you know, there's nothing quite like that feeling of knowing that you've, you know, made that decision, and it's okay to do it because it's coming from that self, self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that that's, um, I'm so happy that you that you mentioned that. And so I want to go back to kind of that like feeling out of control. Because um, as I mentioned, when we were at the very beginning, that's, yeah. you know, that's how I found you. So yes, it's, you know, giving up control, it's, it's, it's not the easiest concept to explain, because people often think it means, okay, if I give up control, it means I'm losing all control. So Yes. You know, you get you give up control of of you know trying to control every morsel of food in your mouth or trying to control you know your body weight. People automatically think, okay, well then the opposite of that is like I'm just you know gaining weight like crazy and eating food all the time and I'm miserable. And so, um, can you kind of explain what it means to actually give up control? Okay, well I love that you just described it like that because it's the thing I always kind of start with as well is that idea that and I think it's because we often use the term let go, right? We've just got to let this go or you know. Yes. And, and immediately we're like, well well what will happen if I let it go? Well, you know, will I for a start we think we'll be out of control like you said, but also we associate it with loss. Yeah, like, you know, we'll lose something if we let something go. So we must hold it really tightly and and manage it and obsess about it and, you know, stare at it constantly or, you know, think about it constantly because that keeps us in control. And so it's recognizing that that kind of way of thinking, it's created by our, our own restrictive selves, right? So this idea that um, you know, we have to manage everything. Everything has to be micromanaged. And if we plan everything out, it will go in our way. And when you, it's funny, cause like, you know, I was, I was say, okay, we've got to go back to down to the root and be like, okay, what happens when we're in that state? And I, I have to say, and you'll probably be aware of this. I don't think anyone has ever been trying, been living in that state of extreme control and felt good because right. it, because it, it automatically links with extreme anxiety because what happens is we're trying to you know, we're basically clutching everything around the neck, you know, in our lives or in our own habits. And then we've also told ourselves that if we make one slip up, um, you know, we failed right. or we punish ourselves. It's basically this kind of completely restricted way of thinking. It's the real, you know, living in a really controlling state is like the epitome of tunnel vision. We lock ourselves into this kind of tube where we can only think in kind of black and white. So all we can think of is, you know, um, if I don't lose 10 pounds by next, you know, month, I failed, right? right? You know, like, it's just this, like, one track way of thinking, and it basically has no expansion, right? And, you know, I love to use the word expansion, because to me, I want to live in a state of expanded thinking, and to feel expansive, I don't want to feel restrictive or in that kind of tunnel. Because I, I also find that when we're in that risk kind of uh, tunnel vision our, with our blinkers on we're, we're very obsessive it we're, our, um, our intuition is blindfolded hmm. it's actually the place that we're kind of so we're so far away from like, like listening to that inner voice because we've set ourselves this kind of wild regimented regime that comes with a set of punishments right, right. Um, but then yeah we all know we've never felt good doing that because it leads to anxiety you know it leads to more self-punishing like, you know, and just that simple idea that we can't kind of punish ourselves into feeling good, but yet we somehow seem to try and do that. Like it's going to work as a method. Like the more mean I am to myself, 
the more chance I have of, you know, looking great. And it's like, that just doesn't even make any logical sense if we really look at it, right? Right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> how would you treat another person? And, I mean, if you look at yeah. that simply, but yeah. also like there's just all the research suggests that, you know, compassion is really what leads to long lasting change yes. when you want to, you know, actually like take care of yourself. That comes from compassion, not from um, self-depreciating and yes. punishing so yourself. And it's, yeah, so that kind of, you know, so when the reason I like using the word surrender, and I actually encourage people to really use any word that they feel good with, because sometimes some people really like the term letting go. Um, You know, some people like to say, oh, I'm going to just kind of hand this over, or, you know, you might be that you're giving something up to the divine or God or whatever works for you. But the idea is that you're basically loose, you know, to, to let go of control. The first thing is recognizing that actually, when you let go of control, you're not going to lose anything and you're not going to be out of control. When you let go of control, you actually step into your natural flow, which means that you actually step into your most empowered self because you're actually in your natural state, which is to kind of flow smoothly and for, for there to be an expansive outlook and therefore not just to be black and white, for there to be all these different you know, I think of it like 360 degree vision. You know, I'm like, when we're in our controlling state, we're seeing like, a tiny percentage of what what is possible for us to see and you know magic and miracles and all the good stuff really lives in that space to the sides of us right but when we're kind of locked in and it's the same in in any part of our lives you know we find that when we're kind of really restricting ourselves or really controlling life doesn't tend to feel good and we feel like nothing's helping us and there's no way out and there's no options and it's just because we can't see them it's not that they're not there mm-hmm. so you know that's why you know i think with any way of changing our thinking we can't really change until we can find a safe way to do it so for me with that idea of letting go of control i'm like oh i want to let go of control because i want to see 360 degrees i want to have as many opportunities or i want to see as much you know energy around me as possible and i want to you know, I want to be able to pull in my intuition and, and all of that stuff. And also, you know, when we're really controlling, it's like, it's like if you imagine life as a, just a thing, it would be like holding life around the neck and wondering why it's not breathing. Right, you know, it's right. that kind of strangling of things. And so even if we're putting our controlling self on our diet or our body or another person, you know, we're trying to manage something, we're basically just holding it in a headlock and then wondering why it's not growing or why it's not doing anything. You know, it's like putting a jar over a butterfly and being like, why is it not flying? Right. (laughs) And, and, you know, and realizing like, oh, you know, and and with self image and things like that, it's kind of like, oh, do I have myself in a headlock? You know, have what have I put, you know, myself in a restricted space where I literally can't see anything except a brick wall in front of me? And it's going, okay, well, you know, and a lot of things in terms of change come when we actually go, maybe there's a different way to look at this. You know, maybe there is something that's more expansive. And this idea that, um, you know, there is a natural flow. Because I think if life was supposed to be um, restricted, uh, you know, that's how it was, and it didn't have a natural flow, then there would be no point to it at all. Because to me, I'm always looking at these different, like, great analogies on on life, right? And I'm like, okay. And I always say this to my clients. I'm like, imagine if, like, we all had a book that was, uh, you know, a giant book and, and you had it and it was like, here is your life. And you opened it up 
and it was like summer and it's like okay and it told you everything that you were going to do in five minute increments for the whole of your life up until the point you died right, right. And, it, and it was this plan out you know, it's like, okay, that would be so weird, right? If we really knew all these things were going to happen, but also it would take away our own empowerment because we would be like, oh, well, 11am on Wednesday looks nice, but I won't do anything until then. You know, (laughs) it's like clearly life isn't supposed to be in that regimented, restricted sense because it leaves no opportunity for discovery and surprise and joy, right? Like all the good stuff lives in a surrendered state. So, you know, I, whilst, you know, I start off with the idea of a surrender practice, I'm like actually living in a state of surrender. It's like a fully functioning way of thinking. It's kind of, you know, okay, I want to let everything up. So, um, I suppose when you relate it to body image, I think it is, you know, a great place to put it because of course, you know, exactly like you said, if we're, say, trying to lose weight and all we can see is like, oh, if I don't do this, I will get fat, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good example of that kind of restrictive way of thinking. It's like, oh, I've either got to punish myself or I've got to follow this plan exactly like this or or that's it, right? It's, it's also, um, it's kind of removing a bit of your own self-awareness and self-empowerment because it's forgetting this point of you being able to learn about your body and be like, oh, actually if I know about my body and what foods work with me and, and what times of day are really great for me to eat at and, and all that kind of thing, then when we learn those things, we tend to look better naturally. Like I know that my body feels better to me and, you know, in a sense, I look best when I'm listening to it. I've never felt my best when I've put myself on any kind of regimented punishing schedule, Right. right? Yeah, um, yeah, you know, our fears tell us that we'll just lose it and we'll, you know, we'll go wild and, and be out of control. Whereas, and that's, I guess, what leads to people being in, and I'm sure you have lots of clients who are in that kind of diet, not diet, diet, not diet, kind of swinging from, you know, one extreme to the next, in a sense. Whereas it's actually kind of when you can, you know, give, give into this idea of just tuning into yourself and letting yourself be free you actually have more control because you've tuned into your own, you know, your own energy and your own body to actually just know what works for it. And then you can be like, oh, you know, empowered, you know, it's like, say, I, I don't eat sugar, right? And it's not because I want to be thin. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't eat sugar because it flares my autoimmune disease and I get really sick, right? Uh, and that's the, you know, so it's kind of this choice that I've made that I feel great about. Um, and, and I realize, you know, and I've had some eating issues in my life, you know, and and the only thing that released me from them was committing to um, stop wanting to be thin and instead just wanting to feel good. Right. And it's so simple, but of course, it, you know, it's just trying to think of it as a, a bigger concept and which to me that means feeling good is dedicating yourself to listening to your body, being in your body, you know, listening to your intuition, experimenting, you know, how do you become more self-aware? What things work for you? What things help you? You know, not stepping outside and trying to fit in or doing something that works for someone else, like really listening. Because even just on a basic level, it's like your headache isn't going to be the same as my headache, right? You know, the reason for it is going to be different. So it's it's like we can't, um, you know, we need to go back to the proper source first and be like, okay, how do I feel? 
and then what's going to work for me, you know? And I just know if I feel good, then I, then I look better, you know? <laughs> right. And I think, uh, I think that some of the issue is that like that feeling good gets intertwined with being thinner, you know, it's yes. like, it's like, okay, if I'm yes. thinner, then I'm going to feel good. But the, the reality is, is that, that it creates more of a disconnection between the two. Like it prevents you from actually feeling good. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point. Definitely that idea of, uh, of how, um, and also that's, that comes as part of the controlling thing because it's restrictive. It's where we've placed, uh, you know, we've placed this kind of idea of, um, you know, happiness as a destination or, well, you know, you kind of place the idea of thin as a destination, right? Like when I lose weight, I'll be brave enough to do that thing. Or, you know, if I'm a bit thinner, then I can go on a date. You know, those kind of things, we've kind of put ourselves on a rigid structure that's saying, oh, you, you'll only be able to feel, you know, yeah, exactly. I'll only be able to feel good if this is the situation. And that is a good example of controlling and, and of us, again, stepping away from our intuition or our kind of soul which you know is 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 all you know our our inner self whatever you want to call it your higher self your higher love your your intuition just which really to me is just the connection to your yourself always knows that you're valuable it's just our fears that tell us that we're unworthy you know that mm-hmm. that, that that we have to find this worthiness or someone has to give it to us you know whereas actually it's always there for us it's just whether or not we're kind of claiming it you know mm-hmm. and and um and I don't you know it's not as easy as being able to wake up and suddenly look in the mirror and and not you know find a bit of your body annoying or something you know I look in the mirror and I'm like oh yeah sure maybe my thighs could be a bit thinner or you know like yeah that I know you know I notice everything about my body but I don't look at it and um want to be mean to it and for me I feel lucky because of having a lot of illness that I do have a, a, a strong layer of gratitude for being healthy, right. you know, you know, and, and, and not everyone gets that gift in a sense, you know, so I, uh, but something that's really helped me, you know, whenever I'm, I'm angry, but I get angry at my body in a different way. You know, I get angry if I feel unwell. Um, so I still have to use the same kind of tools in a sense. And for me, it really helps, you know, whenever I look at my body externally, you know, I find myself being like, oh, I wish that was a bit thinner or it didn't feel like that. I'm always, you know, I, I throw in a, I surrender, you know, which to me just using the surrender as a mantra, like I surrender, you know, I'm going to not, you know, try and control that. And also I'm grateful for my body is always very helpful for me, you know, and I'll, it's the kind of thing I'll say to myself all the time, whenever I feel any kind of niggling doubt about my body whether it's physical or or internal I'll be like I'm grateful for my body because I also know that I need my body um, and I want it because it enables me to do my work and be be on my journey which I'm excited about participating in and I think it's very easy for us to get locked into self-deprecation as a a form of procrastination from uh, you know holding ourselves back from big dreams and, and and diving in fully to you know the things that we can do yes Yes, that's such a good point that you brought up there. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when I, um, when I, when I think about, you know, cause I obviously came from like a background of, of, a very poor body image for, for such a long yeah. time. And now, you know, it's like trying to explain it to people. I'm like, I just don't really think about it anymore. Like it's like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see myself in the mirror and, you know, I can observe certain things like, like you said, you know, like sometimes I'll be like, wow, like my, you know, my. I have a bit more of a muffin top today, but there's yeah. just, there's no meanness. Like it's just, it's an observation. And I just don't, 
I, I, I don't try to change or control anything. And I think yeah. like so much of it for me was, is just that I, I just don't really think about it at all anymore. And that has just opened up this wide open space to think about whatever else I want and just nothingness sometimes. And that's great. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's not an obsession anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, you know, and that's where we can do like that sense of kind of really connecting to the spirit really comes in handy because when we're in any sort of dark place in our shadow place, whether we're anxious, you know, whatever it is, whatever is our, our challenge, we need something that helps us pull, you know, pull away from it into a, a brighter place, you know? So it's, it's like, if we're not stopping to honor our spirit and like I said that means to me doing things that light you up whether it's you know a movie or something you're working on you know anything that's completely you and about kind of discovering what makes you laugh and you know what makes you feel you know happy and light when we give ourselves time to do that then we start building up this this kind of super powered strength in a sense that becomes like this to me, you know, I always say that it's this idea of making your will bigger than your won't, you know? So it's kind of like you were saying like, oh, I just don't think about this anymore because I imagine you've got more things now that you're excited about thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, for me, it comes like that. I'm like, okay, I don't want to actively spend my time being mean to myself because A, you know, for me, that's now a non-negotiable thing, being kind to myself. Yes. Um, you know, and that's it. So I'm just like, it's non-negotiable being kind to myself every day. Um, but it's also like, oh, I've got some other things I'm more interested in thinking about, you know, like, and, and if we've, you know, usually when we're in an extreme state where we're very controlling or we're, you know, we can't think of anything but being awful to ourselves, that there isn't that, you know, there isn't that kind of strength to, to pull us out. So, you know, it's often actually, and I'm sure this is, you know, it's why people refer to a meditation practice, for instance, you know, this, um, meditation to me just means valuing your time it's actually just spending time doing something for yourself because then the world seems to value you a bit more um but it's like as we put in just like those moments of spirit work you know to whether it's just sitting with your you know pen and paper writing or or drawing or something we start to kind of create this expansion you know that kind of it, it starts to build this kind of happier pile so that actually we've got something to reach for when we're, you know, feeling in that lower place. And I suppose that's how I feel and maybe how you feel is that because of all the work I've done and, and over time, I've got this kind of really big pile of good stuff that, that it has become stronger. So, you know, I, I'm able to feel my feelings and work out why I'm not feeling good. And, but also I'm able to say, okay, what do I need? You know, and um, because I know that what I don't need is to punish myself because that isn't going to be my, one of my most useful tools. <laughs> um. Yeah. And how important would you say is it to, you know, in terms of discovering those things that light you up, like it, helping you to claim your worth? Yeah. Um, well, I think definitely because you're, you know, you're, it, it's part of the self-discovery, right? Getting this kind of discovering this connection of yourself, right? So that lighting up your spirit. We often, if you think about, you know, people are often referring to like the inner child, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And the reason we refer to the inner child is because when we're younger, we're more likely to just be living in that natural state of honoring the spirit because, you know, we haven't yet got to a point where we have to pay rent or, or we also haven't maybe been through the schooling system, which has taught us that about this concept of failing or, you know, not being good enough. And so, you know, we have hobbies when we're kids or we do stuff just for fun, right? With no limits on it, right? So, that, you know, is it's constantly valuing our time. So as an adult, I'm like, okay, we need to recognize that your your honoring of your connection to your spirit is just as important as um, needing to pay your rent. Whilst all our fears and restrictions tell us we have to put stress above everything else, it's recognizing that when we actually put time onto being kind to ourselves, that helps. And and that's the thing that um, is very hard, you know, and of course, it's an act of trust, but it can be very hard to imagine, like, in the depths of despair, that the thing that will help us is quite simple, because we, you know, our restrictive self and our fear self leads us to believe that the solution is going to have to be really complicated and really difficult, you know, and it's actually recognizing, of course, that, you know, these small acts of kindness, you know, to ourselves or, or maybe to someone else they make the biggest kind of wave, mainly because they put us in a more expanded state where we're suddenly able to see more, you know, and that's um, why I talk about this idea of expansion versus control is when you're in this kind of nice, you know, expansive state, you see more opportunities because you're not closed in, you know, not looking at, I would say it's like looking at life through a toilet roll when we're in our controlling state. We can only see this really small bit. So it's like if we see a brick wall, the brick wall might be like, the size of a toilet roll but if we're only looking in that space we'll think it's you know covering everything whereas if we took those blinkers away then we're like oh I could go up or around or behind you know this this thing that I perceive as a block so it's recognizing that yeah that act of like okay what does my spirit need right now you know even if it's you know that because you know there's there's no such thing as not having time to honor your your spirit not having time to meditate because you can do you know you can take one breath for you know, which takes 10 seconds. And that is giving you the same act because you've actually just done something that's just for you. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so you know, that, and, it, and it builds confidence as well, not just self-worth. You know, it's actually reminding us that our um, time is valuable because I think like if we're in a state where we're feeling inflicted by time or we're like running out the door every day and we're doing nothing for ourselves, you know, we're just like getting up, shower, throw ourselves out the door. The day often feels like it's kind of, inflicting you right you know you feel more put upon because there's there hasn't been this point at the beginning of the day where you've actually been like oh I'm allowed to sit on a seat and breathe for five minutes or I'm allowed to just light a candle and say a mantra or I'm allowed to sit and read a book for you know two minutes like it's like the you know doing that it's amazing how something for literally one minute can make a difference to your day because you've kind of sat down and you're like oh yeah my time is worthy you know therefore I am and you know it, it can be such a confidence boost as well uh, yeah, you just said so many beautiful things, and I just I so appreciate your your wisdom. It's so amazing. Oh. Um, so if somebody's listening to this and they're you know they how can they start to practice surrendering and giving up control? You know what? Do you have anything that you can sort of offer to someone who this concept is maybe new to, or something that they because they are in that control mentality, they're trying to figure it out, and it's um, they don't okay. know how to sort of like actually make it work in their life. Okay, well, it's back to that idea of trusting that it can be quite simple. So it's, it's um, li- like listening to the things I've said, just 
first really just you're thinking of that idea that, okay, when I surrender and let go, I put myself into a more expansive space where I can receive more opportunities. I can be more connected to my intuition and more connected to my body. And that is going to, you know, that feels better. That even when you talk about it, right, to me, that idea of like the kind of tunnel vision and tube way of thinking, I'm like, oh, I don't want to live there. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't sound fun at all, right? Whereas this nice, big, expansive state sounds better. So it's, it's that act of being like, okay, I'm going to trust that as a concept, even if it's just an experiment. And so the first step is to be able to recognize when you feel very controlling. And a lot of people will know this because so many people refer to themselves as control freaks, mm-hmm. right? It's amazing how many people are like, I'm a control freak, right? They, they'll say it. So yes. it's, and, and it's going, okay. Or even recognizing when you're obsessing over something. So, you know, say you're dating and you're like, you've obsessed about a guy for like three hours without even having time to breathe, right? You know, you've gone off track and you're like out out the present moment and you're like you know is this gonna happen is this gonna happen you're you're in that kind of mind state that feels really kind of you know out of control um it's being able to pinpoint these times and the more you're familiar with them the more you're like okay because first we need to for anything to change we need to be able to recognize it in the present moment first so i say the first thing is just to be able to be like okay start noting in my daily life points when I really feel that controlling urge coming on, whether it's that I'm reaching for food to binge eat or whether I'm reaching to say something mean to myself or I find myself placing that control on my partner and I suddenly start, you know, being passive aggressive towards them or anything where you can note it or even if you're just in a moment of anxiety because that's also when we feel really controlling. And the the best way to input a surrender practice is just as a simple mantra, I surrender. The reason I like mantras is actually not for the words you're saying, but I believe that uh, when you say a mantra, the power it has is that it can slice through your present, you can slice through your thought track, right? It's kind of like a knife just going, and it grabs you back into the present moment because in the present moment, it's when we get to choose to do something differently because we're there and we're with the thoughts. But every time I feel out of control or I feel I'm obsessing with something, I just say, I surrender, I surrender. And maybe you say it like 20 times in a row, but that's kind of how I started my surrender practice. And for me, I discovered a surrender practice like a a bunch of years ago when I had pulled out like an affirmation card from a deck Mm -hmm. and it just said surrender. And it wasn't that I hadn't heard the word before, but just that particular moment in time, it like struck me and I was like, (gasps) and it was like I suddenly, the whole concept like came rushing in and I was like, oh, okay. And I just started, you know, using it. And, And for me, it's, it's like that and we're like oh god can it really be that simple of saying I surrender and it's like yeah it can be because in that moment of saying I surrender you're you're opening it's kind of like suddenly you know like you've got your hands and you're like clawing yourself you know bursting a curtain open or something right it's suddenly like oh expanding and I actually you know people always laugh when I say this because I'm like I start every day and I do do this I start every day by shouting I surrender in my bed when I wake up like the steps (laughs) I love that (laughs) it's really cool but I'm like but I start because basically because I've realized that I want to start every day as expansive as possible you know because I'm like if I start every day at 360 degrees it's going to be, you know, I'm going to see the most potential in my day. Whereas if I start the day in a restrictive frame of mind, you know, and already start throwing in the kind of, you've got to do this, or why haven't you done that? Or, you know, the kind of punishing all these things that, you know, are in that restrictive space, then, you know, it's not even, doesn't even make you want to get out of bed, you know, whereas it's like, okay, I surrender, because I've realized that I, you know, the surrender is actually 
it's like, okay, I want to be in my natural flow. Like I want to know what it feels like to be connected to myself and to be in the present moment and, and to receive everything that's around for me. So I would say, yeah, just start with, I surrender, you know, and, and everyone I tell, you know, tells try always is like, oh yeah, it does really work. And it's like, yes, but you know, and it's, and it's not a difficult thing. It's because the more as well, the more you, um, combining with that idea of, recognizing when you feel out of control and I suppose I'm sure you work on that with your clients is being able to recognize you know say uh, a certain food habit you do or that point where you you click and you say something negative to yourself or you know any any of those kind of things it's like we have the power to change any thought track but first we have to recognize us ourselves doing it because then we bring it you know, it's basically pulling, you know, to me, I see it as grabbing it and pulling it into the present moment where suddenly you're like, oh, now I can work with you. Um, so that's always the first step, I think, with anything, you know, it's like a, a feeling, you know, to feel a feeling, we've got to recognize the feeling first, grab it, and then be present with it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then we can change something. And that's where I bring in the surrender, because I'm like, okay, but first, it's getting comfortable with, um, you know, what surrender means. And that's why I like to describe it in that way that's kind of like, you know, letting go. It's just, it's actually just putting yourself into your natural flow. It's it's letting you go into your most empowered state. It's not all of the kind of scary things that we think it might be. And and if you're someone that's very anxious and stressed and calls yourself a control freak, then you'll also know that you have never felt good from being really controlling. So a lot of these things, I sometimes think, well, if all we know is that we don't feel good, then we may as well try something else because, you know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows what might happen? I think it's about keeping it in a present state too. Like I yeah. think for me, that was really the thing that made it make so much sense is it was, it was like, you know, letting go of control or surrendering is really about just being present in that moment yeah. instead of kind of that fear of the unknown, which is, yes. you know, what we're trying to control is the unknown. Yep. And the unknown, the big black door that says the unknown (laughs) it's like that unmarked door and it's like you know it's it's most of our fears come down to that that unmarked you know that kind of what is what's behind there and um it's also trusting as well that when you surrender you're really aligning yourself with your your you know perfect timing like I believe that everything is always exactly as it should be and that, you know, the, the time is never wasted, you know, there's no, you, the, we don't need to rewrite the past because we wouldn't exist without it. Um, you know, everything is forming something and actually all we need to do is show up for the present moment because that's where all the action gets done. It's where all the good stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all we have, really. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I think it's such a good way to think, you know, because everyone's always like, oh, we need to be present. And I'm like, okay, why do we need to be present? And I'm like, well, because the present moment's the only thing that's real you know, the future doesn't exist until it becomes a present moment. So, so many things are going to change. You know, it's like when you're trying to send yourself off into the unknown or worrying about it. I mean, you don't even know what you're going to be thinking next week because the version of you that is next week isn't the you that's right now. You know, you're kind of working. It's a good, again, a good example of being disconnected and not embodied because we're kind of trying to work with a non-existent space. And whereas, you know, at the present moment, if the present moment is the only thing that's real, then it's the only place we can take action, the only place we can feel good, the only place we can feel empowered, it's the only place we can, like, do anything, you know. And so it's like, that's why we want to get to know it, you know, that's why it's good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of being able to recognize that if we surrender in the moment, 
then we cause like you know this kind of ripple of expansion that spreads out and it's it's opening pathways for us to just see the things that will feel make us feel less anxious about the unknown as well because we actually just uh, we begin to trust our process more mm -hmm. i think yeah you surrender forever <laughs> yeah. and on that note um i could go on and on i feel like there's I know, so many I other things <laughs> i love it though you're so you're you're such an amazing guest and i'm so so happy that you're here uh but as we wrap things up i i'm gonna ask you the last question that i ask all of my guests which is what is the most fearless thing that you have done oh that's a good one um i think the most fearless thing i've done is um is actually dare to be embodied. Yes, I love it. <laughs> like to to actually dive in and and learn, you know, to become more self-aware and to learn about myself because that's what, you know, has created me to be able to live in a more fearless way. And it's the scariest thing I've ever done, you know, to actually have to deal with all my stuff and the things that have happened to me and actually, you know, show up and be like, okay, I'm not going to run away from these things. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's it. It's a great answer. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, where can people find more of you? Because I'm sure people want to find you now. <laughs> okay, so my website is louiseandrolia.com. And then on all Twitter and Instagram, I'm Lunaverse, so, which is like universe with an L and an O at the front. And, and um, Facebook is just uh, Facebook slash Louise Androlia as well. And I will link to all of those yes. in the show notes for this episode. Um, thank you again so much. I'm going to have to have you back on in the future because... Yeah, we'll do something else. Uh, yeah, you just, you, you, you have so many amazing insights and we didn't even get into all the other cool things that you, that you do. But um, I just really appreciate you taking the time today and sharing your story and sharing all this just amazing knowledge and, and help that I know is going to help a lot of people today. So thank you so much. You are so welcome and uh, hello to everybody and please send me an email and say hi if you want. Yes, please do. <laughs> please do and rock on. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod. Until next time, rock on.